Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores. The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marcia Sillwright to the circle. White Cloud shoots. He scores. Doing his best. Jack Eichel finds the opening. Top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace out at Parkway Tavern on Mark Street. You're going to want to get down here. Darren Millard. Back at Studio 31, and Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... That's in response to Phil Kessel being minutes away from becoming the new Ironman of the National Hockey League. He is right now tied with Keith Yandel at 989 games, and he did so last night in that win over the Toronto Maple Leafs in which Phil Kessel played a really good hockey game with a couple of new line mates in Brett Howden and Michael Amadio, and everything seemed to come together on a, on a great night uh, for Vegas, outside of the fact that he had his milestone 400th goal called back <laughs> in the early going, and even that, I think, was so Phil in the sense of a big moment, not so. If anybody's going to come back from that and roll with the punches, it's Phil. And uh, the the team was able to show some pretty good resolve after uh, what uh, was described as letting the air out of the building. They they yeah. pumped it up right away with a, with another goal and played from the start of the game to the end of the game their best effort of the season. Yeah, it was a as far as sixty minute effort goes, uh, efforts go for the Golden Knights. That was right up there. Uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, for the beginning of the year. And, you know, uh, your point about kind of the deflation of having that goal come off the board and then the Golden Knights going right back out there on the next shift, still on the power play, coming through. It's a different configuration. It's Nick Waugh scoring the goal, but it's Phil Kessel helping to set that up. It, it was a great moment for that uh, that configuration on the power play, for sure. Well, instead of Phil scoring the goal from Waugh, it was Waugh scoring the goal and Phil picking up a, <laughs> yeah. an assist. The The weird part about the, the goal being called back by way of the Toronto Challenge was nobody in my sphere mm-hmm. remembered any type of issue at the blue line, and it was it was a ways before the puck actually went in but every every entry is is looked at and if you if it's an illegal goal on that entry uh, no matter whether it's three minutes or 10 seconds uh, the goal is called back so uh, being a, a, a certain amount of time after the actual entry that the puck went in uh, nobody could rem- figure out what was was happening on the on the Toronto bench and why it was taking so long and then why they called a timeout was it just to change the momentum of the game no it was to get themselves uh, an extra bit of uh, length to, to be able to review this situation and it was a bit of a gamble on the on the challenge in the end I think it was the right call mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but uh, for for Bruce Cassidy to come back right with Phil and and Wah in that second power play unit and score again, it, it was uh, it was true justice. Yeah, it it really was. And you know, where where are you at with the the taking a a timeout to give yourself more time to determine whether or not you're going to challenge a call? Like, are you 
are you firmly in the in the uh, of the belief that you know what if you've got it and it's at your disposal you might as well use it do, do you feel like that's something that should be addressed here well it, the rules have changed right yeah. along the way the last few years uh, previously to challenge a goal you lost your timeout if you're successful you kept your timeout and they thought that uh, that that would uh, decrease the number of challenges, and it did to a certain extent. But uh, then coaches decided to, well, what do I need a timeout for? I'll just get the goaltender over it with a broken strap or some kind of uh, <laughs> situation, and yeah. I'll, I'll fudge the lines that way. So they, they put in this new stance with the way it is presently where if you challenge and you're unsuccessful, it costs your team a penalty, and you will have to kill uh, off a, a mandatory disadvantage well that's a, a lot more difficult to digest so early in a game you're down one nothing and you're going to challenge uh, and the the building's rocking like it was last night at the fortress uh sheldon keith doesn't want anything to do with that because his team's already on his heels so he's he's leaning on what he's witnessed around the league this year and it's the third time ryan where I've watched games where coaches have done this this year, calling a time out to give themselves an extra bit of a beat to look at the play in in question instead of challenging right away, mm-hmm. and they're they're using that time out, and they'll they'll find other ways as I mentioned uh, if they are in a late game situation to have that uh, that opportunity to give their team a breath or uh, draw up a play. So uh, it's, it's not the spirit of what was intended by calling a timeout to drag out uh, some time to uh, give yourself confidence to challenge a play, but it's smart, yeah. and it worked. And I'm not sure if it was under the, uh, the, the seconds of, of between uh, the celebration and the puck drop that Sheldon Keefe would have made that same decision uh, to, to challenge the play. And he bought himself the extra uh, runway, and, and it worked out. I can tell you right now that the league is is aware of it, Yeah, and they will be looking at it. It will be brought up at the general manager meetings, either informally or actually on the agenda. And I would not be surprised if there was a rule put in place next year, because this this is going to happen all over the league this year. Yeah. Uh, Vegas could could use it if they're in that situation, and I would I would uh, uh, not blame them one bit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's brought into play where you have to launch your challenge either before the puck is dropped or before you call a timeout. Mm-hmm. And if if you don't do it, then then. Uh, the, the the play stands. So uh, that's that's for next year. Uh, right now, the, they'll, they'll use it to, to the true advantage. Never give the coaches an out. And we there's avenues just like the salary cap where you don't even think that there's an avenue to use it to your advantage. Yeah, coaches and management they'll come up with it. Really smart people. Yeah. No, I listen. I I disliked it in the moment because of what it erased for the Golden Knights yeah. and what it erased for Phil Kessel. Um, but 
you know, like if, if you've got it to your advantage, you might as well use it. Like that's kind of been my stance all along is if you can find a way to massage things in your direction, you're going to do that because that's what NHL coaches should be doing in every single instance with it when it comes to the game. It, um, you know, just uh, one more uh, couple comments on it. Yeah. Well, one, it, it wasn't your traditional offside play. It was an inadvertent, and it was an inadvertent. Uh, somebody called it a pick play. It was just two guys running into each other at the blue line, and William Carlson just got nudged over the line, and it yeah. was by a millimeter. I, I think the right call was made, but it was so close. Uh, so it wasn't your traditional, uh, a guy was just a beat ahead of the play, and it uh, really deserved to come back. It was an accidental uh, collision between two players, and just happened to be uh, offside. So uh, that was one part where, geez, could it not have stood just because it wasn't even uh, any type of advantage? The other one was, did you watch Phil during the challenge and then the, the timeout uh, on the bench? No, I couldn't. Okay. I, well, from, from my vantage point, like I can't see into the bench, if that makes sense. Like I'm kind of behind the Well, bench. we got to get you a monitor that you can watch the AT&T oh. Sportsnet feed. You know where you know where I do the shows from. Make it happen. You, you gotta you gotta be able to get a monitor over there. So so Phil's sitting on the bench. He he's celebrating his four hundredth goal yeah. and and a power play goal. Chris Davidson Adams, the equipment manager for the Vegas Golden Knights, has the the white tape around the puck and he's he's <laughs> writing. I can see him. We've got our cameras zoomed right in. Phil Kessel, four hundredth <laughs> NHL goal and the date. And yeah. you know I don't repeat dates. So so it's all going according to plan. Then yep. the timeout. And then we get the impression that there's a challenge. Because at right. first the timeout was Toronto's just trying to stem the flow because they're really on their heels, yeah. which they were, but it was still a little early to use your timeout after a goal. Uh, and you get the uh, uh, realization that there's going to be a challenge taking place here, that they're really looking at it. And even Phil's like laughing, going, Really? It all, it was almost like at that point, even though he he didn't know that the play was onside or offside, yeah. he assumed it was a good goal. It it looked like Phil was resigned to the fact that uh, this is coming back because yeah. it just it's just the way things go. And golly gee shucks, it's it's gonna come. We'll, we'll figure it out. Like he, but he wasn't like he wasn't adamant. Like no way, that was onside. It was he was just rolling with it, and it was one of the coolest moments. In uh, in a weird situation uh, affecting a milestone goal that that I can remember, where he was just he was just along for the ride and having some fun, uh, despite the fact that it, it was potentially taking back his 400th goal. Yeah, I mean it, it's Phil being Phil, right? Yeah. Like if if you want to talk about a player that that just kind of exists in the moment, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody better suited for that than Phil Kessel. And you know, it, it, it to me like. Good on Toronto for trying to, to stem the tide there. Good on them for trying to, like, get one back and, and, and find a way to, to work through it. But, you know, from a deflation standpoint for the Golden Knights, having that goal come off the board was rough, but it could have – it was even more deflating, in my opinion, for the Toronto Maple Leafs to concede a goal in, in the immediate aftermath of that one coming off the board. Well, I was hoping that Phil had uh, had touched that puck on the way in. I, yeah. I know it was it was it was bunted in by Nick Waugh, but I was like, please, 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 have some way to find uh, a way for Phil to get that that four hundredth goal. Yeah. It be, would have been so perfect. I, I, think about this, Phil Kessel. 
the hockey player, mm-hmm. is a superstar and a future Hall of Famer. And he could end up with uh, 450 goals by the time he's done. He, yeah. who, who knows? He, he's going to play. Uh, he's already played over 1,000 games. There's, there's all 1,000 points is, is coming his way. He is a top five pick. He's had all the stardom along the way, along with cups and, and fame and fortune. But he doesn't like the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So he instead of he's a superstar player, but he's really a supporting guy when it comes to the dress room and, and the spotlight. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So if if we're talking Hollywood, and not anybody specific, but you, you can if you want, but I'm not thinking that, is is Phil Kessel cast in a movie as the leading actor, the lead actor? Or is Phil Kessel cast as a supporting actor who's incredible and can steal scenes? Mm-hmm. What I've gone back and forth on this today in, in bouncing it be, around in my head. Like Steve Buscemi is one of the greatest <laughs> supporting actors of all yeah. time, and can he can he can be a lead role, he can have supporting role, he can steal scenes all over the place. Uh, yeah. Is is that the type of uh, actor that that Phil Kessel would be cast as that that type of elite? Uh, leading role, or is he? Is he with all his stats and stardom? Is he a lead actor? Yeah, like, like that's tough, right? Because from a talent perspective, he is absolutely a lead actor. Right. From a talent perspective, he he should be the one on the marquee. He should be the one that you're paying your your money to go see. He should be the Jack Nicholson. You know what I mean? Like he should be the guy. He's that, Brad Pitt, or the Brad Pitt, or the George Clooney, whatever. But, yeah. You know, t- to me, like, I think that you're probably onto something in that Phil's most comfortable as the guy that goes in, does his thing, and by the end of the movie, you're like, wow, that guy was fantastic. Like, he, he, and on the ice, too. Like, he, yeah. he, he doesn't necessarily uh, thrive as a team success when he's the guy. In Toronto, they didn't have a huge amount of success. He was with a great cast in Pittsburgh. They had success, and he was arguably, in that one year, their best player. So he can play and and raise the level of his game up to the best in the world on on that side. So Mm -hmm. it's on the ice, it's off the ice, it's personality, it's game, it's it's all-encompassing. Yeah, you know what, like, I... I, I kind of, and, and I'm not like the best when it comes to movies, but from a television perspective, right? Like, I, I look at I look at Phil Kessel as as like an Ed Helms or a John Krasinski when it comes to The Office. Like, you you had a driver in Steve Carell for sure, but then everything else had to fall into place. And some of those, uh, some of those smaller parts, some of those supporting actors really kind of set the tone for what that particular show would be. And I feel like Phil Kessel's the same. He, you talked about those Penguins teams. Phil Kessel should have won a Conn Smythe Trophy in one of those two runs for the Pittsburgh Penguins because you, you're on, on the money. He was the Penguins' best player uh, on, on more than one occasion. So I, I am with you. It, there's nothing wrong with being 
the best supporting actor <laughs> because you you have to be able to work within the team construct. You have to be able to come up big in in certain situations, and, and Kessel's been able to do that his entire career. You had one show that you could have used as an example. That's the only show that you have in your arsenal. No, no. No, that's not true. The Office is your go-to nine times out of ten. Well, yeah, it's the and best the, show And the other one is Scooby-Doo. It's the greatest show been created. No, it's not Scooby-Doo. I don't watch Scooby-Doo. Well, For sure. Is, is okay, is, is um, who's the lead uh, actor on Scooby-Doo, character on I, Scooby-Doo? I mean, aside Shaggy? from Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. Are they the lead? Because they're not else? Who else is in Scooby-Doo? Well, Fred is kind Fred. of like the leader of the group. Yeah, Fred should be the leader of the group, but I'm not sure he's the leader of the group. I mean, he rocks the ascot, so you, you, you got to respect that. Yeah. Thelma plays a, a huge... Thelma's more of a supporting role with the uh, the, the nerdiness. Jinkies. But but really Fred should this? be Fred <laughs> should be the lead actor. Yeah, he's like the smart guy. Who, but who the show's named Scooby, Scooby-Doo. Right. And and Shaggy and Scoob are, are getting into all the trouble. So th- th- this might be the best example that we can come up with. No offense to the office or or my guy. Uh, so uh, I think we've settled on something. And I don't know whether there's an answer to it. The the, the lead character in Scooby Doo is it Fred or is it Shaggy? It's Scooby Doo. That he's a dog. <laughs> it's not called Fred. Like it's it's called Scooby Doo. What are we what are we doing here? Well, in Snoopy Peanuts, it's not Snoopy. It's Charlie, Charles. That's that's completely different from Scooby Doo. What about like the Sopranos? Because I mean, Tony Soprano is the main character, but there's so, so many other characters in the show that are so nah, much better than Tony main, Soprano. He, I think he's the main character. Like Paulie okay, Walnuts okay, right, was, on, was so much better than than Tony Soprano. Who, to- who, Soprano's you, a star. You guys watch you guys watch Friends, right? Yeah. Who was the star of that show? But the, I don't think there, that was a like cast that, show. That, that was a, that's that was like a The Office. That was no, the, no, 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 no. The, the Office was like Steve Carell was The Office. Michael Scott was the main focus and main character of The Office. But it Friends was not is, an ensemble like Friends was. Friends and I, I would I would put The Office in in the same uh, category. But uh, Friends is total ensemble cast. Although my Chandler was my guy. Yeah, I like Chandler. That doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. <laughs> Chandler no. was the best. Yeah, totally. Thank you, Chapman. My sister-in-law used to uh, uh, think that I was like separated at birth with Chandler. <laughs> yes, no, I, I, I can again, see that. Does not yeah. surprise me at all. <laughs> little dorky, a little cool, a whole lot of annoying in there. Wapa. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, so we have uh, the big game tonight. It is going to be a little bit later than normal. 7.30 is puck drop in San Jose this evening. So the pregame show with Ryan Wallace will run from 6.30 to 7, leading up to Phil Kessel's record breaker. I love the fact that Bruce started him last night for that first shift uh, mm-hmm. uh, on the Nick Wall line, and uh, I assume that he'll do the same thing tonight, and as soon as the puck is dropped, he'll skate over and, and get a change, and then it's official right off the, the bat uh, just takes everything out of the mix. Uh, did, did I see Danny Webster say that he, when he landed today, the first thing he got in his phone was an earthquake warning or an earthquake alert? Yeah. Do you, you guys see that? Yeah, there was a 5.0 yep. earthquake in, in yeah. the uh, Bay Area today. So so that's that's why you start the guy. 
Uh-huh. No matter, you take all uh, potential craziness out of the mix. Come you on. get them in the first shift, and then it yep. becomes official right away, like uh, last night, uh, like it like will happen tonight. And uh, I don't know whether they'll stop the game. I, I am not aware of uh, the in-arena plans uh, in San Jose, but uh, but I know Phil's going to wear a microphone tonight, nice. uh, which, uh, which is like a... a that's a stretch for Phil. He's going along with some. <laughs> no, he doesn't like that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, he, he's going to do it. Uh, I'm sure he'll wear three jerseys. He'll use a bunch of sticks, uh, yeah. uh, that kind of stuff, and donate uh, some uh, things to Hall of Fame and and uh, the like. And and after it's done tonight, he'll do his last interview. He'll get on the plane. He'll play some cards and have a big sigh of relief. And yeah. uh, and really, his season, in a lot of uh, aspects, his season starts. Friday against Anaheim mm-hmm. because it, the, the the streak will just he'll just be adding to the streak uh, from here on forward and it'll be less about the streak it'll fade into the background it'll be more about the team which is six and uh, six and two if they uh, if they can roll uh, tonight yeah I I mean just imagine how loose Phil Kessel is going to be on Friday when this is all said and done and you know if you think an earthquake's going to stop phil kessel you got another thing coming like this guy is is ridiculous and and again i i couldn't i can't fathom 989 i can't fathom 990 i can't fathom the idea that a thousand consecutive games is is within grasp for phil kessel and i just i I do hope that he soaks in this moment tonight uh whether it be his first shift or whatever it is that that you know the the memories of this accomplishment stay with him forever because it's it's just amazing. Well, it it means something to him. Yeah, of course. And all the talk about it's just another game or I don't really think about it. Uh, I think that there's something to that for Phil where he doesn't get caught up in all the hoopla. But it it does mean something to him, and he's proud of it. Mm-hmm. And in the background... He is uh, he is absorbing this, or else he wouldn't have played that one shift in Detroit last year, right. and then left the rink, taking a private plane back to to Phoenix for the birth of his child. He wouldn't have gone to that extent, and then returned after the birth of his child uh, to play the next game, which I believe was in Toronto, yeah. uh, right away. He wouldn't have done gone through all of that effort if it didn't mean anything to him, and. Uh, he, the, the the part about it's just another day is true. Like, he doesn't treat it as any other day. But he wants to keep the streak going. He's he's really uh, been uh, proud of this. Uh, and, and it's almost, and you guys may think I'm out in left field here, but it's almost like he's sticking it to the man a little bit by having this record because we all have so much fun about, can you believe it's Phil Kessel? Uh, right. With the Ironman streak, like he he doesn't do all the the, the training. Like he was, Gary Roberts would train them, uh, uh, Matt Nichols would train them uh, in in Toronto, and Phil would do like half the stuff that the other guys would. Yeah, and and he was famous for that kind of stuff. He'd show up, he'd leave early. He'd show up late, leave early, but he was still doing the and testing at the same rate. Yeah. As the other guys, he just doesn't have to do it as much because his body's such a freak, uh, and and it's just God blessed body and talent and yeah. uh, ability to maintain itself and and uh, guard against injury. So uh, I think part of him is yeah, I'm I'm going to beat the Iron Man and uh, uh, 
stick it to you guys and, and have all the fun you want, but I've got the record. I think Phil Kessel's the perfect Iron Man. Honestly, like we 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 so much of so much of the the narrative for Phil has been unfair judgments, and I think the fact that you've got an athlete that looks a little bit different by athlete standards, but has has been so successful and and so important over the course of his career, and has, has overcome a lot I, I cancer early on in his career. And to me, I, I if you can't draw inspiration from Phil Kessel being the NHL's Iron Man, then you know I, I don't know what to do for you. And and I think you're absolutely right; it is sticking it to the man, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't draw inspiration from the Iron Man streak. I draw and absorb a great deal of enjoyment out of Phil Kessel, the the character. He's just he's so different than anything else we deal with. He doesn't care about being the star out there. He doesn't care about doing the commercials. He doesn't care about uh, having great quotes and being interviewed uh, a lot or having to go through being interviewed a lot and then being mad about inter- being interviewed a lot because we've seen those people uh, over the course of our, our lifetime. Like, oh, i got to do another interview. <laughs> but they really do enjoy being the superstar being asked to be doing all those interviews. Phil's nothing like that. He just wants to sit in there and chirp his buddies, and he likes here's the, he likes being chirped. He gets a kick out of it with his with his uh, cracked half smile and yeah. and and playing his cards. He's just a, a character uh, in in professional sports where so many people are small uh, are polished to the to the ultimate shine. Yeah, no, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, and I will take a break on that and revel in the fact that you gave me a compliment. Ryan Wallace, can you put that uh, down there, Chapman? Make sure you write that down. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to give away tickets. We've got two. Well, you could just send a text. You're, you're in midseason form. Does, does that, your text that, not? That didn't go over the air, by the way. I, I took myself out of uh, well, air. Can, when I, have we not talked about this? <laughs> where you can't speak to us. Without being on the air. All right. Because we well. assume you're on the air. <laughs> and and when you speak to us and you're not on the air and we respond to you, what does it sound like? The listeners it's are like, Darren's talking to himself yeah, again. Yeah, it sounds like we're going loopy. <laughs> Wait a minute. You weren't and, on air there? Kevin? No, no. I took myself out of on air. You're not allowed to talk to us if you're not on air. Exactly. That's, that's, a, that's a rule that we've established. <laughs> yeah, but for something like that, I don't want it to. It doesn't need to go over the air that I'm reminding you guys of something important coming up. But didn't didn't Chapman didn't didn't Darren ask you a question? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So you responded to the question that Darren asked you on the air, and then added to off it the off air. the air. Unreal. Uh, we have uh, multiple sets of tickets for the Anaheim Nevada Day game on Friday. It's an afternoon start. We're going to give away two of those tickets right now. So give us a call seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. Be caller number 28. Yeah, Chapman, I just did that. And you're going <laughs> to own it. By in, in, in honor of William Caller Perry, I'm okay number with that. 28. Give us a call right now, and you will be going to the Nevada game. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, against the Anaheim Ducks. And, and uh, the acknowledgement game of Phil Kessel becoming the NHL's Ironman. We're back with more on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. 
Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks tonight. First time that the Sharks and uh, Vegas will play this year. Vegas had that long run against San Jose that was ended uh, towards the end of last season, and that helped uh, put the nails in the coffin of not making the playoffs. So it's payback time tonight, and it's also Phil Kessel's big night, 9-90 in a row. He becomes the Iron Man holder for the National Hockey League all by himself. Will he be the hero tonight? Uh, looked really good with Michael Amadio. And we should mention, uh, the, with all the lines that were jumbled about uh, in the third period against the Colorado Avalanche, the one question that we had was how effective would Phil Kessel, Brett Howden, and Michael Amadio be together. And with all due respect to Phil on his big night, Amadio was a rock star. Oh, he was really good. Yeah, I mean, Michael Amadio, since coming back into the lineup, has been really strong for the Golden Knights, whether that's alongside Jonathan Marcheseau and William Carlson or last night with uh, with Brett Howden and Phil Kessel. Obviously, the goal in the third period, that was a big one, an important one for the Golden Knights, but uh, he, he just kind of seems to find himself around the puck and in the right places, and you know, when he's got an opportunity to put it to the net, he does. He, he's kind of a funny player to get a handle on, to figure out what... Michael Amadio is. He's a bigger body. Can he bang? Can he can he get in there? A little bit, but it's not really his thing to 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 throw that check like a, a carrier or a Colasar. Uh he can win fifty fifty battles though. Yeah. And he can get uh, get involved in, on that side of it, and uh, that was a huge part of uh, what what they did last night was winning those fifty fifty battles as a team last night. And then is he a, is he a scorer? Is he a disher? Can he can he make those plays? Well, he's got better finish than than I gave him credit for when he arrived here last yeah. season, and not just the goal total, but the finish in practice and his ability to find the right spot. He, he's got a, a good shot, an underrated shot. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. I, I think that for for me with Michael Amadio, it's it's a, it's a player that has different pieces to his game, and, and I think that it's just about finding consistency on a night-to-night basis. You, the board battles, the 50-50 battles, those opportunities where he can really um, – are, are, are the opportunities where he can really kind of separate himself into being the full-time NHL player that he wants to be. And, and you know, when you're winning those and when you find yourself in the right spot – um, you, you gotta you gotta bury those chances, and, and you know last night walking down the slot, it, it, Michael Amadio finishes that, and it that's what you need to see from that player. So uh, there are tools there that he has, uh, perfect for a role in a bottom six on a, on a team that's very good. Now it's just about making sure he's able to consistently do it night in and night out. And when he was taken out of the lineup, it was not because of his play; mm-hmm. it was because Paul Cotter was playing really, really well. And uh, Amadio had had a good camp, and he just, uh, it was the numbers game. And his goal going back in, and he told us this, was to take it out of the hands of Bruce Cassidy to the point where when he goes down and he's looking, do, am I making a lineup change? He gets to Amadio's name, and first thought in his head is, I can't take him out. He's playing too great. Right. Just yeah. just make it a, a no decision. Uh, don't, not even let Bruce hum and haw over that or, or bat it about uh, with, with the other coaches. And, and he's done that. And the other part is, can that line survive matchups? And 
that will be a key because last night uh, they played the top two lines heavy against Toronto's top two lines. Yeah. Uh, and Bruce, uh, in his postgame, it was one of the cool things about his postgame was he was curious to see uh, what, what that would be like. Uh, for for Howden and Kessel and Amadio, one of the keys will be when they get on the road in a situation like tonight or against uh, some of the top teams, if coaches are going to try and pick their spots and and try to match up against them, can they hold their own in that environment? I, I think with Howden's ability, uh, certainly, and, and Amadio's, and then uh, to... to to have an engaged fill, um, that that will be uh, a challenge for them. But I think that that they they can measure up against that consistently. We'll see, but yeah. uh, but that that's probably going to be one of the bigger challenges for them is playing on the road. Oh yeah, for sure, and and that's going to you know that's going to be one of the things that we we start to learn about you know the, that line. Uh, what the identity is of Michael Amadio, Brett Howden, and Phil Kessel together, and how long that kind of stays together for Bruce Cassidy. After last night, you don't move away from it, to tell you that right now. As as dominant as as Chandler Stevenson, Jack Eichel, and Mark Stone were, as good as the misfits were, as as strong as your fourth line was, uh, and as much engagement as you got and and uh, noticeability you got out of that third line, uh, you don't change anything. But you're right. On the road, it'll be interesting whether or not they're able to kind of handle some of those matchups on the road and whether or not they'll be able to win some shifts that maybe start in the defensive zone or get to the defensive zone and then get themselves out of trouble. That's going to be key. Uh, but, you know, you, you highlight Brett Howden, who I think has as that in his game and in his ability. Same thing with Michael Amadio when you're talking about 50-50 pucks. He wins his fair share, and those are the things you're going to need in those situations on the road where teams are trying to get the matchup in their favor. So I think it has the potential, but we have to see it play out for a little while before we can really say that this is the way for Bruce Cassidy. I had this game set up as uh, a situation where Bruce Cassidy would tweak his lineup because he has healthy bodies available to him, and you're playing the first set of back-to-backs this year. Why not use that to your advantage? Uh, he's he's in a tough spot because uh, exactly what you said. Things went so well last night. To Michael Amadio's point, it, I think they've taken that uh, uh, putting fresh bodies in out of the equation because they were so good. So yeah. don't don't fiddle. They made the decision by their play last night for Bruce Cassidy today in the lineup. I, I don't know whether we'll see any changes. Paul Cotter, could he come back in? Sure, he could, but uh, it, it's your second straight game potentially with these new lines, and it went incredibly well last night. Why would you, you fiddle with that? There's 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 merits to both sides, but yeah. I, I'm certainly leaning towards staying with the status quo, which is different from what I uh, forecast a week ago. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, I, I wouldn't make any changes. I, I don't expect that there are going to be any changes because, again, as, as good of a performance as you got last night, plus you've got a couple of days off before you get back to it on Friday, I, I think that, you know, at times throughout the season, back-to-back situations will be an opportunity to, to kind of filter some guys in here and there. Uh, but right now, this early in the season, when you're, you're kind of hitting your stride and, and feeling – comfortable about about where your lines are at i i wouldn't make any changes and it's not just being uh fresher it's also getting guys who've been out of the lineup yeah an opportunity yeah. to get back in and so they're not out of the lineup too too long so sure. it, it's uh, there's multiple different 
rationale, uh, reasons uh, for for doing it. I just outside of the goaltending tonight, I, I think we might see the exact same same uh, units uh, going out there with the four lines and the three sets of defensemen. Uh, Aiden Hill, uh, I would think, uh, would go in goal uh, tonight. Let's get let's get our game ratings in now, and then yeah. we'll we'll be able to really hit the ground running at the top of hour number two uh, with some league news and some uh, some more preview uh, look ahead to tonight's game in San Jose. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Ah, uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Stay with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. Okay, I will on. proceed. Ah, uh, Doc. All right. Is that a Devo? Never mind that now. Never mind that now. Right. Not now. The great Back to the Future, because five out of five is a DeLorean. Our game ratings are made up of discontinued cars. AMC Pacer, the Gremlin, is a one. Station Wagon's a two. The Hummer is a three. Trans Am is four. That that makes it tough. Trans Am DeLorean. Uh, that's that, that's almost a pick'em. Uh, Chapman, you're back from parts unknown. <laughs> what is your game rating for last night? Uh, well, I I have to uh, put mine together based on highlights and and things that I've read because I was on an airplane. But it sounded like it was a fantastic game. The highlights looked really good for the Golden Knights. I'm going to go with the DeLorean. Five out of five. Uh, look, you beat you beat the Maple Leafs who have Stanley Cup aspirations. This is a team who traditionally the team has struggled with when they've come to, to Vegas. So I think it's a good win. It's a big win for this team, and it just keeps things rolling to start the season. Five and two, can't complain about that. Why did you even say that you are on an airplane and you didn't see the game? Nobody's going to know the difference. Well, I think a lot of people know that I was traveling yesterday. I don't think a lot of people do know. I, I tweet things out. I, I, I post things on my social media that I was traveling. So, uh, But, yeah, I... Unfortunately, uh, Southwest doesn't have the Wi-Fi for me to have been able to watch the game. But, uh, no, it was cool. It was a good game. Wallace, when I try and bring him in, can you stop me? Like, can, <laughs> no, can, you, no. can you have a, a, no. a Chapman Millard mute button where I immediately... I, I'd love to have a Chapman and Millard mute button. Like one of those... Awesome. I, I think you, you, you I just... live for that. Yeah. I, th- I need I think one of those dog of... callers. When I, start to, <laughs> when I start to bring in Chapman, you zap me. That's called 6.05 p.m. Wow. <laughs> Why do you think he doesn't say bye to us, Darren? The Good point. He does. He just, like, boom, gone. Uh, yeah. what's, uh, what's your game rating, Wallace? Yeah, it's a DeLorean. I mean, it's a 5 out of 5. It was the, their best game of the year. They were super, super good uh, in the defensive zone. Didn't really give much of anything. I thought Logan Thompson made some real awesome scrambles that were fun in the moment. Um, but... I can't find much fault in the Golden Knights game last night outside of maybe converting on a couple more of the chances that they had in the second period. They had some glorious looks. They just weren't able to bury it. But, you know, top to bottom, uh, the the mistakes that they made against Colorado, they shored up against Toronto. And, and for that, it's a five out of five. What, what I loved out of it, and I'm going DeLorean as well. So that's uh, three straight DeLoreans. We are certainly going back to the future today. Uh, what I enjoyed last night was the high-flying Toronto Maple Leafs with the with the same record as the Vegas Golden Knights coming in to the to the game were put on their heels they they were rocked by the pace and the execution of the of the Golden Knights it didn't didn't result in seven goals for Vegas which it could have been but boy was uh, was Vegas ever uh, valued uh for their effort in puck possession and uh being able to test 
the Toronto Maple Leafs and test that goaltender, Ilya Samsonov. Uh, it was great. And there was two plays in particular. The the power play goal that they responded right after. So they won the special teams battle yeah. uh, by way of that and some good kills. And the Amadio goal, because of what Nick Hague did, yeah. turning the puck up. We hadn't seen that. And maybe this that last night was the... Hey, I've I've been here. I've played uh, six games. Uh, this is my sixth game of the year. Uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, I've settled in. System confidence, comfortability. Being being back in the National Hockey League after not being part of training camp. But he turned that puck up ice, and it was a quick pass and in the zone. And he was assertive with it, and I loved that play uh, as well. Uh, along with, they've had 55 blocked shots. Yeah. In the last two games, that's incredible, which makes it a lot easier on your goaltending. Yeah, you you know the the Nick Hag play to me, and and you use the perfect word, Darren. Jeez, I'm giving you compliments all day long. Assertive. I, I feel like he's been conservative in his play, which is not a bad thing. When you didn't, you know, you didn't have the the benefit of a training camp, and you come in a little bit late there, uh, I think that being conservative, focusing on your defensive uh, responsibilities first, and then just you know not making any mistakes, that that's fine for a period of time. But for a player like Nick Hague, who has offensive upside and can do things that other defensemen can't do, it was nice to see him pull that out of his hat. The skating was fantastic. The the ability to draw a defender to him and then slide a perfect pass to Michael Amadio, who walked right down Main Street, uh, to me. Uh, that was as 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 assertive as we've seen Nick Haig, and he's going to need to be for this Golden Knights team. It was fantastic to watch. And I think they can be better in the sense of they can finish a lot more. Oh, yeah, for sure. So there's, there is that upside, and I'm not going beyond the DeLorean, so maybe I should have gone Trans Am because they could still finish a, a lot more. But I was I was really impressed with, with their – uh, control of the game compared to the first period against the Colorado Avalanche. The last five periods that this team has played has been impressive, and I think it's uh, we're starting to see incremental uh, elevations in their game and their execution and not thinking as much. There's still some of that going on with the system, trans, uh, transitioning over and and making the right moves without uh, having it go through your brain and having it uh, just instinctually happen. But uh, but the last five periods have been really good. We'll see what happens uh, tonight in San Jose. Catching up with Chapman is coming up early edition on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher... Hi, Darren. Hi, Ryan. So, uh, yeah, I we, we talked about it last segment. That was I, so good. Yes, it's don't, always good. Don't don't bring me into this. I don't care. Come on, don't, man. Don't say hi, Ryan. I I, I, I do not enjoy <laughs> the Hey Christopher thing. So don't don't even try it. <laughs> anyway, I'm not participating. Anyway, uh, you know, like we mentioned, I I traveled over the oh, weekend. Oh, you traveling? Did yeah, you, yeah, did you yeah. Travel? I did, but I wow. I can tell you. Does everyone know you were traveling? I don't know if they if they follow my social media, they know where I was at. But uh, what's your social media? At Magnum seven hundred two on the old Twitter machine. Like oh, the old Twitter that. machine. What about the gram? The Are gram. Uh, I, I I don't really use the gram all that much. No. But I I will say this. What about Facebook? The Facebook stuff. Yeah, I don't give that out. That's a little more of a personal thing for me. You snap at all? No, no, none of that. No. But what about talking? Do you talk? Talk. What's you got to talk? What's talk? 
TikTok. Nope. Don't do that either. Oh, well, we're out of time now. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. Uh, we, we can't hear a bunch of big trip. Yeah. So good, I got to give a lot of credit to my son. He has a friend who is Ukrainian. And she told him, look, you got to try Ukrainian food. Got to try Ukrainian food. Well, big, big Ukrainian population in Chicago. So we actually went and tried Ukrainian food in Chicago over the weekend. What do you have? Uh, I got something called banosh. And he got something called Veroniki, which are like pierogies, but they're they're oh. cooked a little bit. Ryan, these things were better than pierogies. Oh. And the banoche, it reminded me of like my, my grandmother used to make arancini, which is like Italian rice balls. But the banoche is like, it's like made with polenta instead of rice. Oh my God, it was so, it was the best meal we ate the entire three days we were away. It was, it was incredible. It was fantastic. So, uh. Credit to my son for, for pushing us to try something different that we had never tried before, and uh, we, we really enjoyed it. Great meal. Best meal we had in Chicago. Did you have any pizza? Yes, we did. And that's a whole other story because I know the place to go for pizza in Chicago, and the service was horrific. Like, horrifically bad. Why? It... it it was just really, really bad. We what waited. They do? Is he? Like, we, what's bad, bad well, service to you? Well, they forgot to seat us, which was kind of important. Um, they told us because the line was so long, we would get a text message and they would put the pizza in the oven because, you know, deep dish takes a little bit longer yeah, to cook. Yeah, yeah. So 15 minutes before they sat us, they didn't do that either. Uh, getting a refill on our drinks was, was impossible. Uh, and the place really wasn't even that busy. Plus, it cost me $30 to park. Well, it's, it's so popular, nobody goes there anymore. <laughs> no, didn't no, you, it, it was, it was. Didn't you drop a? Do you know who I am? No, no, I don't. I don't do that. You do so. You always do that. <laughs> I, I only. You are the. You, you are the king of that. The, the only place I do that is it's at, is at the arena when I want to get my my <laughs> my discounted food from the. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that either. You but. do so. That's a lie. <laughs> that that is a have, that's have a flat been, out have lie. You been with me when I've gotten Shake Shack. <laughs> you are lying. Uh, we're gonna come back. Uh, hour number two of the VGK don't Insider Show. Tickets. I know we're gonna give away tickets. <laughs> two. Tickets to see the Anaheim Ducks this Friday, Nevada Day, and it is a Frost the Fortress, a night out. Wear white. The team's going to wear white. It's a white out, a night out for the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, you can be there with two tickets. Uh, be caller number 34 to 876 <laughs> 1340. What are you doing to me? 702 876 1340 of Fox Sports Las Vegas. Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marchessault, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Getting at it. Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks tonight. 7.30 is the puck drop. So the pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas coming up at 6.30 tonight in about half an hour with Ryan Wallace. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless on hand at the Shark Tank where Phil Kessel will set the National Hockey League's Ironman record at 9.90. It's fitting. It's 
kind of appropriate that he sets that record playing for Vegas in San Jose after Patrick Marlowe set the all-time games play record at the Fortress a a couple of years ago. And for Vegas, uh, outside of the Phil Kessel uh, celebration, looking for back-to-back wins uh, and uh, trying to uh, establish some early season control over the Pacific Division. The third line was great last night. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you think of that Stevenson, Stone, and Eichel combination? I thought they were dominant. I thought that they looked fantastic. They were uh, they were really good at getting through the neutral zone with a lot of speed, and you could see Jack Eichel and Chandler Stevenson operating at the same level. Like I, I don't know that Jack's ever played with a player that might be as fast or maybe even faster than he is and you could see that speed on full display uh, from those two and then you've got Mark Stone just kind of doing Mark Stone things he was really really good last night uh, at at finding the right play making plays in the neutral zone getting some steals and and I I loved everything about that line I, I maybe wanted them to to convert more than than what they were able to do but they went out in the third period and decided that they were going to take that game over on the first shift and they did just that. How about that first shift? One of the craziest uh, <laughs> events in in consecutive fashion that, that you've witnessed in yeah. the course of a line where all three of them have a 10-bell opportunity to yeah. put the puck in the net. Yeah, it was it was absolute dominance. Again, they, they went out on that first shift and decided they were going to find a way to score a goal and, and give Vegas a lead. And, you know, eventually it's Chandler Stevenson, but Mark Stone had a great look. Uh, Jack Eichel had a great look. And then their, their next shift, it was a play on the wall. Jack Eichel just lets one go to the slot for Chandler Stevenson on the doorstep. Great save from, from Sansonov. But they, they were – they – as a line, probably should have had two, three, four goals in that game. They were that good at generating chances. And, you know, I think the finish will come, uh, but they were as dominant as you could be uh, uh, for a top line uh, last night against the Leafs. I would love to see Jack Eichel and Chandler Stevenson in a lap race around the rink. Very different styles of skating. Jack Eichel is effortless, Mm -hmm. and, and you wonder... How does he get up to that speed? You don't even realize how fast he's going because it doesn't look like he's trying at all. And Chandler Stevenson has that more traditional legs are going, and he is a rocket ship uh, out uh, on on the ice, and away he goes. And I I really don't know who would be faster between the two. I test would say Stevenson just because there's more parts seem to be moving, but uh, Eichel might be just as fast or faster. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell between those two, but I, I think the key is that they can keep up with one another and, and they can play at that level, right? Like so often we, we see, you know, Jack hold on to the puck or Chandler hold on to the puck because he's waiting for things to develop. He's waiting for uh, the late man into the zone with Jack and Chandler at the same at the same speed. Uh, there's there's no hesitation in their game. And I think that 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 allows them to be a little bit more direct, and you saw it in the quality of chances that they were getting last night. When, when those two were put together last year, it was because uh, they were forced to. Yeah, There just wasn't enough healthy bodies around, and you had to put uh, uh, those guys uh, in able to generate some offense or try to generate some offense. It wouldn't have been my, like, oh, I think those guys would be perfect together. Uh, they've gone back to it this year, and and it, it there is some chemistry there. Uh, it. The reason why I was shy about going down the route of them as a pair 
is because they both like to hold on to the puck. Mm-hmm. I, I failed to look at the fact that by Chandler being so fast, it forces Jack to speed up his game. And I don't know whether he's ever had to do that before. And by by speeding up his game, it puts one of the great benefits in his toolbox to work a little bit more. Jack does love to slow down. Even though he's such a, a fast athlete, he loves to hold on to the puck, slow it down, and eye up the entire zone. With With Chandler... You up the pace a little bit more, and Jack has to slide it into to fourth gear a little more often. And I love that, and yeah. it 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 just brings him, it it brings him into the fray more than I think naturally he he uh, he does. Yeah, it, it puts him in another gear. It accelerates Jack Eichel, which which is kind of a scary thought when you think about it because he is so fast. He does have that explosiveness and that ability to, to, to be the fastest skater on the ice, to, to blow by you without taking so much as a stride. But when you get that pace up a little bit and you have two guys operating on that level, it, it becomes almost unfair. And you saw the Toronto Maple Leafs had really no answer for defending it, especially when they got on their horse in the neutral zone. Toronto wasn't uh, great last night either. No, they were bad. That it, it wasn't a, a a vintage Toronto night. And you see how explosive they are? That they were still in the game. They, they yeah. got some outstanding goaltending, and they were one strike away, whether it's Marner off the crossbar uh, and Logan Thompson, just took away all the net. That's all it was. It was simple. Took away all the net. Didn't give yeah. them anything to shoot at. Uh, or, or Matthews or Nylander uh, go, go on down the list. Bunting uh, has some ability to put the puck in the net. Uh, they, they were still in the game. Uh, that's a team that's still figuring it out uh, to to this point. Uh, I still like their team. I I, I think there's some possibilities there, but uh, it, I think it's a it's a confidence booster for for Vegas after the games against Calgary and Colorado, which they were better against the Avalanche than they were against the Flames, and then they find a way to beat the Maple Leafs, and they were all close games, mm-hmm. and. You see the margin for error is so slim, but Vegas did improve as the week went on, and they are a, a team that, uh, that that found a way to win in the end. But uh, I, I think the, the linear uh, ex- uh, acceleration of their game and their performance w- was good. And I, I'm not apologizing about the Leafs. I'm not apologizing for them or to them. They weren't very good last night. And uh, they they can be better. I think they could be the team that comes out of the East. They're just not on it just yet. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're they're starting the season slow. Uh, it, there, there's no real other way to say it. I, Austin Matthews hasn't hit his stride. I think John Tavares has been. He's very, got one goal. Good. I know. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't hit his Tavares. Track. I thought. I thought he was gone for the year last night. Yeah, I, that was that was rough. I, I was um, happy for him to come back. Yeah, me too. And. I, th- I thought that, you know, if you were going to kind of line up all the Leafs and, 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 you know, figure out who had a good game last night for Toronto, I I would say John Tavares is, is the guy for me. He's I, been I their best that, player this year. I thought that he was really good. I, I thought that that trend continued of, of John Tavares kind of carrying the mail for Toronto. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, like, and you said it best, they weren't good last night. They were right in the game, right? They weren't good, and, and you know, one, one play goes their direction. They, they get points out of that game. So it gives you an idea of just how 
how much the Toronto Maple Leafs get by on just pure talent. Um, and we'll we'll see. Like they're they're a team that's got to put it together, and they've got to put it together where it matters. And it's probably not two weeks into the season. It's going to be in 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 April and May and you know June if they ever get there. You you know I you know I love this town. Like being able to live in Vegas and and, and the Valley is one of the great perks and uh, highlights of my life. Yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs perhaps have the best schedule in the National Hockey League. <laughs> and I don't care about 80 other games. All I know is that one game was last night, yeah. and their next game is Thursday night. Yeah. And they have two whole days in Vegas. And I'm sure there's a dinner plan tonight. Uh, it was a day off for the team. There is some golfing, maybe uh, some hanging out uh, the strip, maybe. Uh a show. I don't know. I don't know what they were doing, but no other team gets two full days in Vegas like they uh, like the Toronto Maple Leafs did this year. So I'm voting them the best schedule in the National Hockey League based on two games because they get to enjoy what we do every day. Oh, I thought you were going to say with like a couple of freebies on the schedule in Montreal and Arizona, but uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, Toronto having an off day and staying in Vegas and just kind of enjoying life is going to play well in the market. So good stuff. Yeah. Somebody said, do you think that they'll have to skate today? Not a <laughs> chance. If, if you were really going to do that, if you're going to make them skate today and I was the coach, yeah. I would have sent the text at about 3 a.m. Yeah. That would have been a Mike Keenan type move. <laughs> Get them as they're all Be filing. Ready to go tomorrow at 9 a.m. Filing in, and uh, away we go. No, uh, uh, just uh, they, their eyes must have popped out of their heads when they saw the schedule <laughs> and the potential for a couple of days. Or they, they all would have been thinking, are we going to fly straight to San Jose after the game uh, because yeah. we play there on Thursday and spend two days there? Or are we going to get to spend two days in, in Vegas and be able to do it? Um, uh, like Vegas has got a chance here, you guys, to put something together, something really, really good together. Six of their next eight are against teams that did not qualify for the playoffs last year. Mm. And Darren Elliott pointed out to me last night, uh, Winnipeg's better. Uh, we we know that um, the likes of uh, of Montreal are better. Uh, Ottawa's certainly better. Buffalo uh, is off to a great start. Sure, so these teams that didn't make the playoffs are are a little bit uh, uh, off to uh, better starts than they were and performed to last year. But uh, San Jose tonight, Anaheim on Friday, and Anaheim is not in a good place right now. Winnipeg at home on Sunday afternoon before you go out in the road. You're you're five and two now. Yeah, you could open the first ten games with something borderline special yeah it's right there for them and you know the the beauty of it for the golden knights now is that you you have to take care of your business against teams that if if you if you are a contender if you are a team that believes yourself to to be a playoff team uh these are the games that you're supposed to win you're supposed to go into san jose and find a way no matter what and and i think for this golden knights team from a from a detail perspective uh, 
given that they missed out on the playoffs last year, like I don't think they're going to be taking any of these games off. And, and I don't think they're going to take any points on the table for granted. And I think that that's going to be important for this club because you're, you're looking at a special start to the year uh, when you've got a lot to prove. Uh, it, it's, it's working out and breaking pretty well for the Golden Knights early on. Uh, let's get into uh, one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. I called it, ladies and gentlemen. Patrick Liney, uh, when he was injured, was said to be out three to four weeks because of an injury sustained in the season opener. I told you guys he would be back sooner because the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to Finland for a couple of games as part of the Global Series. And what happens? Patrick Laine has returned from that elbow injury and playing against the Arizona Coyotes tonight. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm really happy for the people that get to go to those games in Finland because that would have been a, a travesty for him not being in the lineup. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. It's pretty awesome that Patrick Laine is able to get back and that he'll be a part of that trip to Finland. And, uh, you know, it's got to be great to get back into the lineup, to work your butt off to get there, and you're getting filled in by the Arizona Coyotes 5-1. to one. Yeah, but he's in the lineup. That's not, yeah, that's no, not I know. bad. That's uh, so that's, uh, that's big time. 702 876 1340 702-876-1340. Call right now. Be caller number eight in honor of Phil Kessel's <laughs> record-breaking game tonight. I was going to go 990. Caller number yeah. 990. Well, that would have been really cruel uh, to Chapman. And he wouldn't have answered 990 calls. He would have, like, stopped at about 52 and just... Well, I... Or maybe not even that. He might have gone, like, 12. I think the guy who who would who comes in to run the game probably would have murdered me if I was still answering calls. Oh, well, then I should go 990. <laughs> Too late. If, I like how he says the guy as if we don't know who yeah, he's talking it's, about. It's Bobby. Oh, it's Bobby Machado, yeah. Yeah, yeah you I, can't say Bobby's exactly. name? You don't want him to... Uh, no, I... You want to like hog the spotlight for yourself? It's, it's funnier when, when I say the guy. No, and, All right, the, and you, the people who call in the post game, they know Bobby. So can yeah. you go answer the phone? Yes, sir. It's caller number eight seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. He's already had his segment. Uh, two tickets to see the Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks on Friday, Nevada the Day, three o'clock. Oh. Yeah, the guy Never will changed. be working the uh, the post game show uh, on on Friday. Hey, have you? Uh, did you see the uh, the Denny Potvin move to stick it to the Ranger fans? No. So you're aware of the Pot Van Sucks chant? Yeah. That's been around forever? Yeah. Um, I can't remember who he belted uh, in the game. Oh, Ulf Nielsen. He flattened up. It broke Ulf's leg at Oof. the time. And and from from then on, in 1979, uh, they've chanted at Ranger games, even when the Islanders aren't playing. It's just yeah. random. Every yeah. game, uh, somebody will whistle, and the whole crowd chants, Pot Van Sucks. Beautiful. Well, well, Denny uh, is now uh, selling some socks and with the uh, conjunction with the New York Islanders, and they're Potvin socks. <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, Love is that it. a troll? Yeah, but it's good. Yeah, it's it's really good. Like lean into it. That's awesome. 
I, uh, I enjoy that. Uh, good on, good on my, my buddy Denny, who I saw this summer and looks like uh, a thousand bucks. Uh, he just is awesome. He's playing golf in, in uh, Prince Edward Island. Uh, Barry Trot says he's not ready to coach again, but if an original six team called, it might pique his interest. Huh. Says he's never coached an original six team. Right. Hmm. Is there an original six team that you could think of that could use a Barry Trotz? Not right now. Do you? No. No. So, but he's not ready now anyway. No. So he's. It's just it's the it's the perfect maybe, thing. Maybe uh, maybe next year. I wonder if any of the original six coaches mm-hmm. will send Barry a text and say, "Come on." <laughs> Seriously? Uh, Sheldon Keefe's just like, why would Come on. Do that, Barry? Come on. Uh, other games tonight in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Wild on the road beating Montreal, original six team. Uh, you mentioned Arizona clobbering Columbus. Yeah. And Columbus is at home. Arizona is <laughs> one of the weird stories out of the gate. Like they've, they've been playing well. Considering yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure they would win any of their first 10 games of the year. So they're wrapping Barry. up a six-game road trip tonight. Yeah. They go home, they'll go home for four, and then they'll go back on the road for 14. It's a it's the worst schedule in NHL history. Yeah, no, it's not good. Um, but but they, they played well to, to, to kick it off. I'm, I'm happy for the proud of those guys. Yeah, it, it, it's a... It's it's going to be a tough year, no matter what. Like, there's no way to to slice that any other way. Like, it's going to be a tough year for everybody involved in the Arizona Coyotes. They but, want it to be. Well, it should be, right? Because you you don't want to be very good, and like, I'm fine with that. But you you still have individual players that have a lot of pride, and and they want to they want to go out there and try as hard as they can. And I think what you're seeing right now is an Arizona Coyotes team that's trying their best even though they don't have the horses to compete with other teams and and that's going to bear itself out over the course of the season but you you did overlook one thing the arizona coyotes they pick up points in toronto and it bore out earlier this year when they beat the toronto maple Leafs. so uh you had to at least pencil in one win for arizona because they played in toronto uh arizona will go home and play at the home arena of the Arizona State University Sun Devils. Yes. That's where they're going to play for the next couple of years. Yeah. The Sun Devils are here this weekend. Yes. Playing in the uh, USA Hockey uh, game on Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena against my UND Fighting Hawks. I had a long-standing dream to play for that uh, that club. Oh, did you that? That game that? is on uh, Saturday night, and there's, uh, there's some tickets, uh, a couple of tickets still available. But I, I've heard like three quarters of Fargo and Grand Forks are going to be here. Yeah, I bet this this weekend, and I, I I can't wait. Like that is that is big time NCAA Division hockey yeah. when you get uh, UND playing, and ASU's got a great program going uh, right now. So that that'll be fun this weekend. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be a really cool experience, and and. You know, NCAA hockey in Vegas—that's that's the best for me. Like, I just—I think it's—I think it's great for, um, you know, the city, and I think it's great for NCAA hockey. And uh, I didn't know that you were such a UND fan. Oh yeah, going back to Gino Gasparini, who you don't know, but was the coach Not back in the day, 
and uh, the uh, Ed Belfort, John Casey, mm. uh, a lot of a lot of the Christians. Um, yeah, I got a lot of ties to to UND. I, I would watch them all the time and think I could, I'd like to do that. I I couldn't, so I just fell into this this job. Uh, the the Western Conference right now, Dallas is four one and one. Vegas is five and two, and Calgary's four and one. Those are the best records in the West right now. Good starts, or do you see something with these teams? Yeah, I mean, I think they're all good. Um, I like, I don't think it's just a product of good starts. I I think that the Dallas Stars are a good. I, I think they're a good hockey team. I think Jake Ottinger is the real deal in net. Uh, you've got a bona fide goal scorer in Jason Robertson and Pete DeBoer and um, um, Joe Pavelski or Magic together. Uh, and then, you know, Calgary, I've got a lot of time for Calgary. I think that there's going to be a lot of growing to do with the Flames, but you bring in Nazem Kadri, you bring in Jonathan Uberdo, and you get better defensively with Mackenzie Wieger, and you've got the goaltender in Jacob Markstrom. Like, I, I just I think that all three teams are, are good hockey clubs. In the East, Boston, Florida, and Buffalo leading the uh, the Atlanta. They're off to fantastic starts. Yeah. And Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's yeah. out of the gate great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, Boston um, is forever going to do the opposite of what I say they're going to do. So um, going to have to eat that one. And mm-hmm. it is what it is. Like, I really thought that injuries would slow them down, but – uh, it doesn't seem like anyone's going to slow down the ball. Not in the slightest, right? Yeah, not even it's, a little bit. Yeah. It's been shocking how yeah. great they've been. And I don't think the goaltending's been uh, superstar status yet. No. It can get no. it can get even better. Uh, Chapman, uh, you have a great night. Uh, and tell the, uh, the other guy uh, that's in there that, uh, that we say hi as well, okay? I will definitely tell him right now. Bobby, Darren says hi. Okay. Uh, we've got the pregame show. Ahead of 990 for Phil Kessel. Vegas and San Jose on Fox Sports Las Vegas coming up right now.